The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. It's time. For the Low Fat co- uh, Podcast. <laughs> it's you outsmarted yourself. No, I just didn't know what I was going to say, and so I stuttered at the very end. It's been a while since we've uh, been doing stuff. It's really because we've got a lot of junk going on. Yep. Bullshit. Mostly well, bullshit. Isn't it all bullshit, though? Yeah. So, anyway, I thought maybe today we could kind of, like, um, start putting forth opinions to the stuff that we never put forth opinions to. Oh, no. Well, you don't, you don't want to do it? Yeah, we can do it. Well, just, just some of the stuff that we talked about before. Wow. You know, like, do the ends justify the means? Just, <laughs> just your own personal opinion, yes or no? Yes. I say no. Why? Well, if you're going to live in a society, or if you're going to live in any vein, but more, more, more in a society, you really want to encourage people to act in a certain way. Okay. So if the ends justify the means, that means whatever you do is okay, okay as, long as, as long as the result that you want happens. Yeah. Now... I was going to say no, but then I was like, the reality is, is I'm a yes. I am a, like, if I was in that situation, I think I would justify it. Well, everybody would. I'm just saying. I remember, I remember, I don't know if it was, if I was talking to you or if I was just listening to it by myself, but I, I do remember when I used to listen to AM radio more often, uh, Dennis Prager actually answered this question and he said, yes. He said, yes? Yeah. He was talking like, you know, Hitler. Anything you can to get rid of that guy, justified. Okay. So I'm like, all right. So what about, so so kill all the Germans? Is he Germans? Well, it wasn't about that. He was just saying there are some things. But he's also very big on the micro-macro dichotomy. Right. So he was thinking about these grand things. Yeah. You know, stopping worldwide evil. Yes, whatever you can do to stop worldwide evil is justified. Yeah, but like, what is it? What does that entail? But you can justify justify yourself into everything, anything. I'm surprised he answered yes. Uh, I'm not. I mean, there's a there's a lot of people, especially nowadays, who really have no. They have an academic's view towards human life, towards life in general. Which is that what you can apply models to things. Hmm. They have an academic view to human life, right? So, isn't that kind of like a model? They're all—I mean, academics are all about, oh, we've got this theory and we're going to apply it to people, right? But but those theories, the, the application where everything breaks down, so they're just like doing stuff academically, antiseptically. Um, the only thing that I can that I can um, kind of make a comparison to is like Stalin and Lenin. Lenin didn't have any problem with getting people killed. He just didn't want to know about it or do it or hear about it. Really? Supposedly. Whereas, he must have known, though. 
Right, but as long as you don't talk about it, then he didn't see it, that it didn't happen, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's insane. Well, yes and no, but anyway. And I, I could be kind of conflating the two. But <clears throat> there are a lot of people, I mean, there are a lot of people that, that just to blow off steam talk about having people killed. Just to blow off steam. They don't mean anything about it. Now, is it disturbing to hear, to be the person hearing about this ranting? You betcha. Yep. But those same people that have no problems saying stuff, they have big problems hearing stuff. Which I'm just like, eh. But you say it. Doesn't matter. So these people that just say it like, kind of say that stuff all the time. Well, they say it generally about people they don't, that they dislike. So do you think that that would be for killing that person then? Well, people, probably up until the point where you're like, here, here's the gun. Or here, here's the knife, go to it. That wouldn't do it. I hope not. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Psychologically. One would think. But moving on. <laughs> Actually, that's the only that's the only one that I had the only question that I had, that I had thought about because we we have we've actually gone through a couple of iterations of asking do the ends justify the well, means. Yeah, we talked about the book by what's his face. Well, not even that. Just just in our in our time talking about the subjects, we've had various. I've, I've posed the question to various people, and and so most people say no. Most people don't say anything. Why? They they tend well. They try to. They say, "Oh, it's it's a this is a stupid question." Well, they they do what you do to me often, which is you're trying to trap me into something. I'm sitting there going, "Trap you into what?" You're trying to figure something out. I'm not even trying anything. I'm just trying to find out what what you'd say. I'm asking. I'm just making conversation, really. Yeah. It might be a difficult conversation from from someone's standpoint, but um, <clears throat> a lot of times when this doesn't seem like that difficult a question, though. Well, it's not. Do the ends justify the, the means? I don't. Yes or no. I don't think. I don't think they do. But if someone tries to say, "Aha!" but you do all this stuff, even though if it was considered immoral or illegal or whatever, I'm like, "Yeah, I probably would." So then you, the answer is yes. No, it's still not justified. <clears throat> oh, but you, if you're doing it, it's still not justified. No. <clears throat> well, what if you take Prager's example? What about it? Killing a tyrant. Or killing a, you know, whatever. Well, not necessarily killing. Or stopping. I mean, you know. Doing everything you can to stop somebody that's, say, going to kill millions of people. I think that's a pretty noble endeavor. Right. But it's not going to end up being noble. Making sausage never is. This And this is what I mean by academic. I guess I really mean antiseptic. Well, it's similar, right? Um, it's, it's like the difference between real life and... and it's like the difference between experiencing something in person rather than watching something going on in film. Yeah. Or on a screen. That just reminds me of a lot of the... There's a lot of stuff on social media right now where they'll just show a clip of somebody losing their, their shit and, and, you know, invariably, like, it's a white woman and they're like, oh, what a Karen, she's this, she's that, just all these people weighing in. And I'm like, well, it's like a five-second or ten-second clip. I'm like, what happened before? What happened before? What happened after? Is there yeah, something that you're missing? About, like, th there's no context. I think a lot of people are kind of fine with that. Actually, people probably like that even better. Well, they don't want the context. 
Well, context is complicated. Because, like, what happened before this person was losing their shit? Was this person just, like, a crazy person? Or was there something that led to this altercation? You know, like some kind of shitty behavior. Right. Well. But I guess that kind of shit gets, gets eyeballs and gets views and cheers, so. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that people are, uh, should be worried about. Apparently, Group IQ in the United States has been going down since 2006. Everybody's IQ. Well, measured. And why is that? Lots of theories. I have no idea. That's probably schooling. Uh, well, the, the usual. aren't reading shit. The usual stuff. Yeah. But that's the plan, right? If it is, it's a pretty stupid plan. Well, the people who are pulling the strings are thinking they will be able to stay on top and reap the benefits. Of dumb people. Maybe, but that means that they're dumber too. But maybe they think they're not dumber than. Not maybe they do. They think they're more intelligent than the these masses who are getting dumber. But everybody thinks they're more intelligent than everybody else. And I mean that with no sarcasm, irony, or um, superiority, sense of superiority. Every single person thinks that they are probably the... The business. The best example of humanity that there is. Which I think is a very dangerous thing to think. In fact, I think, I think that that I'll take it even a step further. I think that most people think that they transcend humanity. You mean transcend being human? They are better. They are the they are they are better humans than everybody else. Pretty much. Now, of course, the the obvious response to that is no, I don't, you idiot. <laughs> but if you think about it, you kind of do. I don't think that there's anyone around that's smarter than me. Does and okay, let's say let's say, let's say for the for the point of of discussion that that is true. There's no one on earth that is smarter than me. So what? I'm not Mustafa Mond. Who's Mustafa Mond? I forget which book it is. It's either I think it's uh I think it's uh, 1984. Really? Or 1984 is Big Brother. Big Brother, yeah. Maybe it's Brave New World. Big Brother is the government. Well, who? I I forget if it's... I I haven't read either of those books in over 30 years, so... It's either Brave New World or... What happens in Brave New World? Uh, Do you remember? That's that's, uh, Huxley, right? Yes. So Brave New World is essentially this author's idea, which I believe is very prescient. Basically, it's another dystopian, I guess. It's an it's 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 a world where everybody's where we have basically well, it's our world, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. In that the only com- the, the you mean America. No, the the world today, the closest comparison is in Brave New World, basically the state raises everybody. 
they fully adopted Henry Ford's ideas of manufacturing and applied it to everything. Okay. And when so I like producing babies, all that shit, mass production, the the factory, the factory, right. the fa- the assembly line system, right. And when I think about it, that's kind of that hap- that's happened in law. That's happened in medicine, <laughs> where you have doctors that don't. Well, I won't even talk about. I'll talk about law because that's that's something that that I know more about. Well, you know some stuff about medicine too. Yeah, but and farming, right. food production has essentially been factory factoryized. That's true. But in the law, instead of having people that specialization is not a bad thing necessarily, but I think that especially that in the law, especially in some aspects, it has become so specialized that you get to the point that there are attorneys that do one thing. A ton of attorneys. So you could conceivably have a contract with let's say 27, 30 essential terms mm-hmm. or 27 or 30 terms. And you just have 27 attorneys each doing their one term. <laughs> I haven't worked on contracts that have 27 attorneys, but I've certainly worked on contracts and in, in recent times where there's like fucking three or four attorneys on either side that only do one thing. Yeah. Like privacy Privacy. Like commercial, like compliance. Exactly. Yeah. Like employment. And no, not not just even even that is a little bit more broader than what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that there are I think there are it's not even one area. Oh really? I'm talking like one Speci- thing. You're talking about like a special <laughs> I'm serious. You know like, oh, like trade compliance. Or whatever. Right. And damn, that's not. No wonder there's so many attorneys. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because the reason why there are so many attorneys as opposed to doctors, especially in the United States, is because of the way money gets doled out for certain positions. In the medical field, uh, there is a thing called residency, which is the time, which is generally the time after medical school. You spend working for a hospital. Cutting your teeth. You're training. Right. You know, you're training for whatever specialty you're going into or whatnot. And those residency spots are paid for by the U.S. government. See, I didn't know this. I didn't know. Like you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago and I was like, what? So there are a finite number of residency spots. And so what happens is that you know, when, I, when I was coming up, as, as I was telling you before, I never wanted to be a doctor for whatever reason. I think I'm I was surprised. Well, why? Because I'm Asian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just <clears throat> I'm surprised you didn't want to be a surgeon. Just never had any interest. You, just got, you, got, you got a surgeon vibe. Because I've known a few surgeons, so. Well, so so far, I have, there are there are basically two professions that I've missed out on. Remember, there was that one fella who was swearing up and down that I that I have an engineer's personality. Yeah. Or that I'm an engineer. I was like, I'm not an engineer. I was like, oh, but you so are. You just don't know it. Yeah, you have a doctor's personality too. So. Dude, you could have been like a good doctor, man. I don't know. Anyway, so from what I understand. 
the, the medical schools pick the, the number of medical school spots are really kind of pegged towards the number of residency spots there are. I wonder if it's the same in New Zealand. Couldn't tell you. Might have to ask my father. So, whereas in the United States, of course, law school also, you just need a building. You need a big room and a bunch of books. And there's no there's no cutoff for how many lawyers they can be. You know, there's there's not like, okay, each state bar says we're going to we're going to license this many people nah. a year. It's just whoever can pass. Right. But in medical school it's a little different. It's a little different in my opinion because there's these there's these residency so spots. So they, they whittle people out because they're like, This is how many we have to have. I think they whittle people out at the beginning. Okay. You know, in, in med school. Right. With the admittance. Do you know what they like how many make it? Uh, half it's probably half what do you mean from who from who starts in med school versus who becomes a resident ultimately well I think it's probably close to I wonder what the attrition rate is I don't think the attrition rate is that low okay I don't know so I will come out I don't know how low it is but I don't think it's that low because they're essentially picking so if if, so let's say that there's 50,000, well, it's probably not even 50,000. Let's say there's like 10 or 20,000 spots a year or something like that. Yeah. They'll probably pick about 15 to 30,000 people. <clears throat> to go to law school? To go to medical school. I mean, sorry, medical school, yeah. For law school, since there's no, the, the, only, the only limitation is the number of schools there are that used to be accredited by the American Bar Association. And even now that's getting kind of, kind of, uh, changed because of dude oh. I've I've come across people who are like not in law but are in peripheral sort of stuff that have said oh I'm a, I'm a law school graduate and then I've like seen their work product and I'm just like good lord you mean law school in the United States yeah yeah people that graduated law school and I'm just like they, they don't even know how to like negotiate draft how a red line works I'm just like how can you not know this but I guess if you've never worked well, in the law office then, of course of course know, I mean that that whole how can you not know this that's like sitting there saying well you went to school you should know it. like well no yeah you know I don't know yeah, if you never practice right um, it takes what seven to ten years to learn how to be a lawyer yeah after law school so you know your first couple of jobs after law school for some people that are lucky it's their first job you know, especially if you go to one of those mega firms and you're just, you know, you're just working hard to try and make partner. That's a that's a seven to ten year track. And a lot of people quit and do other things in law, but they don't stay in the big firms. Especially now. It just seems like because now you've got like you've got all these companies that are essentially, you know, acting as your employer and just, you know. And then just farming you out to the companies, the big companies, which is, you know, it's like, it seems like the model has changed in the last, I don't know, decade. Well, that, I think that's just, um, that's a, that's a, that's a different subject. Yeah. But that's, that's, uh, that's not really, that's, that's a, that's a different subject actually. I mean, yeah. But anyway, coming back to Brave New World. So, so. So it's dystopian future. Everything's based on this idea of like mass manufacturing. About Henry Ford's manufacturing process, yeah. And so is it 
So what happens though? Is there like some characters? This I'm assuming there's some characters. Yes, there's some characters. I've and and also I also mix up that and Harrison Bergeron. Okay, which is a Kurt Vonnegut story. It's a very short story. It's a super short story. Right. And but I used some of the theme. Well, I, I well yes, yeah, Kurt Vonnegut's theme is really about collectivism and communism type deal. I don't know too much about Vonnegut except for having read his short stories. I like his stuff, and yeah. and he was also in one of my one of my guilty pleasure movies from the eighties. What's uh, that? Uh, Back to School with uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Wait, Kurt Vonnegut is in Back to School. Yeah. No. So, well, so Back to School is a movie about Roddy Dangerfield who made a lot of money. Son's going to college. Uh, he never went to college, Roddy Dangerfield. So he decides to go back to school and kind of help out his son because his is son's. Is he like a manufacturing mogul or something? He's a clothing manufacturer. He okay. makes he makes clothes for fat people. <laughs> and uh, and during when, when, when Roddy Dangerfield goes back to school, he's basically like paying people to do stuff for him. To do all those classes and shit? Essentially. <laughs> And in one of the scenes, his son's like, you need to write your paper on Kurt Vonnegut. He's like, I got it covered. <laughs> and uh, so that he, there's a knock at the door. And uh, Kurt Vonnegut's standing there. He's like, yeah, I'd like to, I'm here to see Thornton Mellick. Could you say Kurt Vonnegut's here? <laughs> no way. And, and of course, the joke goes on where, like, you know, people sit there and interpret a writer's work. And it's totally not what they thought. Uh-huh. And so when he when he when he hands in the paper about Kurt Vonnegut that Kurt Vonnegut wrote about some story that he had written, uh-huh. the professor's like, oh, "Whoever you got, I know you didn't do the work, and whoever you got to do it uh, doesn't know a, clearly doesn't know a thing about Kurt Vonnegut." <laughs> and so the next the next scene is the next scene is uh, is him yelling at Kurt Vonnegut saying, "I'm not I'm not paying the check," and he's like, "What? Fuck me! Hey, Kurt, do you listen to do you do you, do you know how to read lips? Fuck you!" But he's on the phone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I miss Rodney Dangerfield. He was great. He was great. He um, he didn't start doing the comedy until he was until he was much older. Did you ever see that bit on um, you know what is it the like what, what, Johnny Carson? Yeah. Do you ever see the Johnny Carson bit where he was doing all his one liners? He has like fucking like dude. He does like a hundred one liners, man. Oh, he was bang, bang 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 yeah, bang yeah, bang yeah. in like three minutes. Yeah. So what's the conclusion of Brave New World? I don't remember. Uh, now I'm gonna have to go read the damn book. It's short. It's super short. Well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they have it at the library. Oh, I'm sure they will. Well, that's what I'll be doing. Um. Oh, another thing that I've noticed about journalism, which is kind of sad. They. Well, oh, the thing about propaganda. So a lot of people are not aware that they're being propagandized to. How can you not be aware? No, I'm just kidding. In that, in that, they believe that their opinion, or, or no, they have the assumption that whoever they agree with is being fair and unbalanced. Because I remember I just heard something on on NPR this morning about the debt ceiling, and NPR being a pretty left wing news service, yeah, was interviewing a pretty left wing. Um, congressman, I think it was a member of Congress, but there was very little pushback. There was a little bit, which I was surprised about. The, oh, from the journalists. Yeah, when when the when the um, when the when the member of Congress was saying something, it's like, well, what about all the stuff that the other side is saying about that? And the, and then 
if if that if the member of Congress that was being interviewed was on the other side, a lot of the times, and, and I, I I see the BBC journalists do this too. Yeah, they keep on trying to. They won't let them like go off and not answer the question. Right. Maybe the BBC. Well, I don't know. Maybe BBC journalists still like that. They're like that to people they don't like. Yeah. And I think that as a journalist, you should be like that to everyone. Right. However, if you're like that to everyone, you're not going to, no one's going to answer your call. You become a, to quote the word, the expression from our last podcast, you be, or was it two podcasts ago? A pariah. Pretty much. They're not going to, they're not going to work with you. They don't let you, you don't even get access. Right. And so access is more important. Sound. Is it though? I mean, it shouldn't be, right? Well, you have, our, our mode of life is dependent on money. Money being the literal and figurative currency for you to be able to continue living. Yeah. So you cut that flow, you essentially cut the flow of your life potential. Well, maybe that's what needs to change the... Again, if it does, then you're talking about a life where everyone has to toil. Okay. And. Fine. You say that now, but the system that we've got set up would not exist if everyone had to toil. Without, without division of labor and all that junk? Maybe people should have to toil, though. Okay, why aren't you toiling? <laughs> Who says I'm not toiling? No, I'm sorry. I get, well, I guess you don't. We're talking differently about toiling. Are, we, what are, you, are you talking about like hard labor? I'm talking about going out looking for your food. Oh. And your well, sh- no, and, 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 and constructing your own shelter. No. And you know, preparing for winter. I thought you were just talking about working hard. No. Like doing blue collar shit. Again, that's based on money. It's a division of labor based on currency. Yeah. What I'm talking about is even pre-farming days, maybe. Well, there would have to be less people, wouldn't there? Well, there would automatically be less people if something like that happened. Right. There would be no. There would be no doctors. There would be no lawyers. There would be no mass production of food. There would be no armies. Well, no, no. There would be. There'd be armies. In yeah, because there are people like you know what fuck toiling. There'll be like feudal armies. I'm stronger than most people. I can just go take it. Right. So would everybody be running around with like knives and swords? There'd be no guns left. Well, if there's no one around to to produce ammunition, yeah. then yeah. So it would be like a Hollywood movie. I think it'd be much, much worse. Yeah. But it is kind of messed up how everything now is about money. Well, that's been that way for, I believe, probably at least the last four or five thousand years. No. So that's when shit started going downhill. Uh, actually, I don't know when stuff started going downhill, but I'm, I'm interested to know why you want to know when that point is or what it was. Like when things started going downhill? Yeah. Because I want to know when we started getting corrupted by stuff. Right. Okay. So at that, but was it money? But what would you? But with that information, why is that information important to you? Well, it's more a question of what is it that is is corrupting us, 
Is it just like, is it external or internal, right? Like, is it, is it something that, is it the money that is corrupting people or is it just like people are corrupt, are corruptible and corrupted anyway? Or did something start this whole rot? Okay, and once you find out that information, you would do what? I don't know what I would do, but I think it'd, I mean, it's a starting point, right? To know what, what it is that is like corrupting us. Right, but if you have that information, so what? Is my question. Well, maybe then you can do something. Why? So that there'll be less corruption. But wouldn't that really depend on who you are? Let's say let's say I'm a billionaire, which I'm clearly not. <laughs> if you're a billionaire, then I'm like I don't know why you're hanging around here. Right, which I'm clearly not. But if I were a billionaire, I would I couldn't care less how much corruption there is. I'm a billionaire, so what? Let's say I'm a hundred thousandaire, which I'm clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Same answer. So, or, so or let, that's your whole point about so what? Yeah, well, let, and, and uh, let's take it down another peg. Let's say I'm someone who doesn't have a particularly easy life. I don't think anybody has an easy life, but let's say I'm just, I'm just an average guy who, you know, glory be to God, I got a house, got a, got a, got a wife, got some kids, you know, got my bills, got my, got my, got my, got my mode of eating, yep. got my job or whatever. The bell tolls. Well, it's done. We're done. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but but There's let's. So much fucking traffic out here. Gosh darn it. But uh, so let's let's say let's say I'm a let's say I'm a just just somebody who's who's you know doing my thing, living life, taking care of my family. Uh huh. With my with with my spouse, who's also taking care of us and everything. I mean, why should I care about corruption? Is is that corruption keeping me from getting more? It probably is. Well, maybe. I, I, you oh, know what? Yes. You no, know what? No, you know what? I agree with you. It probably is, but no, it definitely is. But okay, what if what if the what if the alternative of that corruption is just death? Well, it's an extreme example, I, I grant you. Yeah. But, you know, we've, the whole world, all seven whatever billion of us are, are working towards this system because of the incentives that, that, that we have, right? Yeah. If that system goes, what replaces it could be better, but in the interim between what, between what we got now and what we replace it with? It's going to be a shitstorm. To say the very least. Yeah. Hell on earth. So, how many people are going to want to buy into that? I say zero. But that's the funny thing about the activists. Well, I think we shouldn't listen to them in the first place. But that's the funny thing about the activists is they're like, we need to change. Or we, we need like... It's not like, oh, we need this, these incremental changes, right? Like, there was a time where that was kind of what, like, activism would be like, oh, we need to change this thing here, or we need to change this thing here. Now, 
it's always like, oh, we need to make these like sweeping changes. I, I the way that we live, right? I never, I never got on board with any activist because, in my book, an activist is just someone who's trying to be part of the theological class. And let me explain what I mean by the you, theological you're gonna class. You're going to have to explain that. To me, an activist is just somebody who's trying to get other people to feed them. Okay. And how is that to be part of? What, what do you mean by theological class? Take take ancient Egypt. There was a class of priests, right? Yes. They were the theological class. What did they do? Fuck all. But they were at the top and everybody fed them. Oh. So when you're talking about theological class, you're not talking about religion necessarily. Well, I am, but I'm not talking about the current theological class, which I don't think is that much different from... And and the reason why I don't say that is because it's such an incendiary term to you that you just kind of seek... You just kind of cease thinking at that point. Can you tell? And get really mad and turn into like some bull. I was like, right. You're going to have to explain that, my friend. Right. You just you just turn into like an angry bull. And I'm just like, I really don't want to be like, you know. Wasn't that obvious? I like slammed down my glass. You didn't have to slam down your glass. I could already tell. Mm. But, you know, because and my problem with the theological class, theological class has nothing to do with 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 religion. It has everything to do with people. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people that says, I don't want to go to church because I don't like all the stuff that's done in the name of religion. To me, those are, those are two very separate things. But it's hard to separate it sometimes when you're in church. Well, it's hard to separate it at any time. You could be in church. You could be, you could be a person that's persecuted by, by the religion. Yeah. Which, is, which I find very sad, but there's a, there's a very twisted humorous side of that in that the people that were persecuted by a certain religion not those exact people but later on people of the same ilk or category once that religion becomes disfavored disfavored are more than willing to persecute everybody else just like the people like them were persecuted that's true i mean if you that's think true. if you think about it the mayans right they used to uh they used to engage in human sacrifice and all that stuff right and they're probably in Guatemala and El Salvador, I believe. I don't know where the Mayans are. I know the, it's, it's like in the Americas somewhere. Yeah, so... South America. So back in the heyday of the Mayans, they were sitting there like capturing and killing all kinds of neighboring tribes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, weren't the Mayans the subject of a very... of an attempted mass genocide, if you will, in the 80s? Uh, yeah. They tried to wipe them out. Yeah. That's a little messed up, isn't it? Yeah. Especially if you're if you're see, that's why I don't like the whole academic stuff. Like um, even Thomas Jefferson wrote that the tree of liberty needs to be pruned or needs to be nourished or whatever from time to time with the blood of tyrants and patriots. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you debaucherous <laughs> drunken I didn't realize you're not such a fan of Jefferson. I love him, but I hate him at the same time because he's a person. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very glib thing to say. Easy thing to say, right? Yeah. Mr. He was, he was essentially an American Lord, really. Yeah. To, to, to take a, to take a page out of British well, those guys were. All of those guys. They were all gentlemen farmers or rich folks. Yeah. Not a single one of our quote unquote finding fathers or signers of the Declaration of Independence was a coal miner or a street sweeper. 
Yeah. There were doctors. Everybody from Virginia owned a plantation. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you throw out the the founding document with those guys. Yeah, those documents made sense. Right. So it's like, that's the thing. That's where I have a problem with, you know, people who are like, oh, well, these, these guys are this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But does that mean that, like, what they built, you know, the Constitution and everything else, like, are you saying throw that shit out too? Like, we shouldn't have any of that stuff? That There's nothing good well, you know what the that sh- stuff? You know what the short answer is, though? What? If it's not something that I want, then yes. What's the alternative? I don't care. Free speech is no good if someone's speaking about stuff that I don't want to hear. Too what, bad. What about free speech for you? Well, I should definitely have free speech. What about that person? Oh, no, no, that's hate speech or whatever. Like, come on, dude. That's bullshit. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. You can, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, no, no, you can, but you have to live alone. <laughs> so, you know. Well, that's kind of funny. We only got to one question. <laughs> Here I thought we just like boom, boom, boom. We'll answer all these questions. Did you have other questions? I thought I did, but then we started talking and I forgot them all. I forgot all the other st- the questions that we had posed and never gave an answer to, which is essential. Which is essentially everything that we talk about. Yeah. I guess that's why my friend thinks that we're sitting here smoking smoking weed. If we smoked weed, I think it'd be way way worse. Well, you you couldn't. So it's a it's moot. If we were smoking weed, it would be 30 minutes of me throwing up. Well, try we try two and a half hours of you throwing up. Well, it's probably more like 10 hours. Dude. I, threw, <laughs> I throw up so much at, at a certain point. There have only been a few times in my life where I wish that I were dead. And that was one of them? Me on me, me after the after effects of me and trying the marijuana. I can't believe you did it more than once, though. I only did it twice. That's what I mean, though. <laughs> You must be a sucker for punishment. Like, after the first time, you're like, let me try that again. Well, one time's not enough, right? I mean, it's... That's like, like when, I was, when I was driving out of the market and getting some supplies just before this and coming back, there were a couple of radio hosts were talking about some guy that tried to drill his head, you know, like using the old, you know, the old method. Ow. Of like a, it's like a corkscrew with a thing on it, like the... The, the hand drill? The ancient head drill. Ooh. He, he couldn't get it right the first time, so... He, did, he tried the same method a second time. <laughs> well, I'm not quite that extreme. And then the third time, he just went for some, some like, he, he went for a modern drill on the third attempt. Well, I'm not that. I, well, and I, then after that, I, I didn't hear the end of the story because I already get, came back after that, but. I don't know that I would drill my head, but. Well, I had to find out if it was just like a, a weird thing. No, you're, you should have known after the first, the first attempt. Well, that's probably why I don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? I think we're done. I think that's enough for this episode. Unless there's something you want to talk about. No, thanks for listening. Please keep on. Like, subscribe. Do-da-do-da. Huzzah!